Hello, this is Brad. Hey, Brad, how are you? Good, Adam. What's up, buddy? Nothing much. Just giving you a call here, trying to get this podcast up and live. As uh, you've probably seen before, I have, you know, been creating a lot of wind here on, on my sales when it comes to helping people with um, addiction and mental illness. And I've been seeing your stuff out there for a while, man. You really are. You know, one of the influencers I've been dying to get on my podcast for the past nine months since I had the idea, and finally got the opportunity to do so. So, um, you want to introduce yourself to everybody out here listening? Yeah, well, first of all, Adam, I'd like to thank you, and I, you know, that's why I do it, is to have people follow me and to understand that there's, uh, you know, there's a bigger thing out there for all of us, and we got to get through addiction and try to find it. And um, so everybody knows I'm Brad Sievers from SieversRacing.com, Racing for Recovery. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Sievers Racing or Brad Sievers Racing on Facebook. I do tons of stuff, and I love helping people. That sounds great, Brad. I mean, how long have you been uh, doing your thing, brother? Were you getting high when you were racing? Yeah. Um, well, I've, I've been racing, you know, for a little over – 20 years. Uh, I've been clean and sober for, uh, it'll be 26 and a half years now, almost 27 in March. So, um, you know, and I use racing as that, as that inspiration to keep my mind and body, um, on the right direction, um, to focus on my dreams and not let addiction take control of me. 100%. And so you, 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 you started getting high and then once you got sober, then you started to race. Yep, exactly. I used it, you know, because obviously addiction takes a lot away from all of us. It takes our families, our friends, our dreams, our hopes. And addiction really was doing that. And it not only did it because of my using, but because of my, my father's alcoholism took a few things for me, you know. And um, so I didn't have that, those dreams of a kid. I didn't have the inspiration to follow those because I was just trying to survive every, every day living in an alcoholic family. And then I found myself instead of being real angry, um, or I should say more really fearful of my father of his violent rages and stuff. I got to a certain age where I started to get very angry at life and hated everybody. And I got into drugs and I got into drinking and yeah, so that kind of escalated to making a lot of bad choices and when I um, decided at March 11th in 1991 to get help, I went to drug and alcohol rehab, and I couldn't steam to stay focused after I got a rehab. I didn't use, but I wasn't happy. Gaia. So, so what I did is, um, you know, I was kind of had a little bit of a dream is to be a motorcycle racer, and uh, went and bought a dirt bike and started racing, and I was uh, successful at it. And that just what escalated. What kind of bike well, I, I bought a 1989 RM125, and I, have one uh, we, of my, I, I got one in my garage right now. I got 2003. <laughs> That's awesome, man. It's awesome. Oh, I love it. It's such a fun. It's such a fun outlet. That's why I ask you because for me, I was little. I was racing dirt bikes out in Chatsworth. It was a little. It's a track out by me in New Jersey. I was out. I was out there banged up, man, coked up, high, like crazy stuff, man. Crazy, especially when it comes to like. My dad owned a Kawasaki dealership, so, you know, my brother and his buddies would be out there drag racing street bikes, and our one friend, like, overdosed on cocaine and died. And they were out there, like, such a train wreck and doing such insane things. And people are out there, especially when it comes to the racing community, you know how it is. Some people are either sharp or they're not, and they're out there, and it's dangerous as it is, and pairing it with being 
you know, never mind just drunk driving, being all banged up and racing something is really a recipe for disaster. And that's why I'm I'm glad you found, you know, the racing after you got sober. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and not only did I just find the racing side, but I found a group of people that were focused and they were there for one reason. That's the, the competition and the camaraderie of racing. And, you know, it's so hard when you don't have that kind of structure in your normal life. Yeah. When you can find it at a race, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, the, the support group that you have in racing has got to be one of the best ones in the world. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've done a lot of recovery stuff, and uh, when I go to a racetrack, that's where I'm the happiest I am. So it's And you know awesome. the racetrack's awesome? I went to a, they have a BMX track down here, and I went there. There's guys, I'm 40, there's guys my age and older out there racing BMX bikes with their kids. And also, it's the same faces week in, week out, you know, whether it's funny car drag racing or – you know, racing your car. I have, I have one of the racing go-karts, karting. I have a Rotax 125. I go out there, and it's the same guys all the time, same time, same place. And it's like going to an AA meeting almost. Whether it's, you know, you're not talking about drugs and alcohol. It's a positive outlet. You know, it's right. a positive hobby. It's something good to do. It's something to look forward to. For me, racing was looking for parts or working on my dirt bike. You know, there's always... Something needs to be done. There's some sort of maintenance. And there's, and there's a solid routine that's not just the actual going to the track part to it either. Do you agree? Well, you, you know, the, 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 the biggest thing about it is we have something to look forward to, and it gives me another reason to stay clean and sober because, like, this is kind of my off-season where we're building. Um, I run the Pro Mod UTV at the Torque, Torque Off-Road Series, and um, not only do I work for the Players Race Department, so we're getting ramped up here for the snowmobile stuff, but, you know, this is typically in my life, my off season. So it keeps me focused because I know if I start using now, that next season, I'm not going to be able to perform the way I want to. So it just gives exactly. me another tool to stay clean and sober. It's like the 12-step program, but then I add a bunch of other steps to it to make it even more pliable for what I, how I live my life. Yeah, and that's why I was glad to jump you on the call because for me, you know, the 12th, I mean, there's only so much. I'm, I just had eight years, like, October 10th. And for me, it's like, you know, I'm past the drug conversation. You know, I'm past, I mean, you got to. In my opinion, you got to get past it. You know, you have to, you know, even though that's my 12-step program, my conversation isn't about drugs anymore. It's not the people I hang out with isn't reminiscent about war stories or, you know, right. feeling those urges anymore. I actually you know, took the 12 steps, I used it for what it was there for, and it saved my life, but those values and principles are meant to be, I, I feel, meant to be built on and grown upon, where right. something like racing, you still have that fundamental foundation, and you're implementing it on another level where the reward is there, there's a reward to that. Absolutely, 100%, you know, and, and that's and that's what we're striving for, and, you know, I started this uh, race racing a long time ago, but in the last year and a half, I've been open about my story. I put it on social media and now it's racing for recovery. It's SeversRacing.com, racing for recovery. And people are like, Hey, what, what is this about? And I talked to them and you know, the people at the torque series did an unbelievable, great job. They did a video on me. I'm sure you saw it, you know, about what we do. You know, I do tons of speaking events at high schools and, and, uh, 
at at-risk youth programs and stuff like that. And I do it all for free, 100%. Doesn't cost nobody nothing except me. It costs me money, gas, and vacation time, and taking off work. And I love doing it. And that's what racing for recovery is. It's to show that not only do I race, I give back to the community. I give back to other people who struggle with addiction or with just making bad life decisions, and they want to get back to their focus on living their dream. I am a living fact, and so are you, that no matter what is thrown at us, that we can strive to be the person who we want and need to be in life. Exactly. It's never too late to say today I'm going to never make too late. turn it around today. And that's what people get so, like, sucked into that time warp, you know, and they feel like it's too late or it's so far away or it's, you know, the days clip by, man. Like, one guy said a saying, it's, I forget how it went, but it was something about, you know, the days seem long, but the years seem fast, you know? Yeah. And before you know it, it's like, I'm looking at stuff on your on your Facebook feed, you're like, two years ago, and you're like, shit, man, that was two years ago? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And if you just start today, and you just start enjoying it, and like, for I was ripping hard, man, for years, and now go-kart and bows and arrows, I have RC boats, I got the coolest toys, and I have so much fun with them, and <laughs> it's just... You enjoy it, and, like, in my book, My Kids on Drugs Now What, and in, like, the 42 Secrets that I have available online, like, it's called plugins. I mean, you got to have things in your life outside of your work and your routine that's additional for you. You know, call them hobbies, call them a passion, call it, you know, whatever you want to, but whether it's racing or shopping or sewing clothes or, you know, collecting God knows what, you know. Yep, you you got to find that, that. You got to you got to find that drive. Yeah, you got to find that drive that 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 makes you want to be better at whatever you're doing, whether it's a hobby, a passion, or you're doing it professionally. Um, especially being an addict, you know, we're wired a little bit different than other people. Typically, when addicts put their mind to something, it does become an an addiction again. But it's yep. a it's a it's a healthy addiction. Racing is a healthy addiction. You know, it, it helps people. It doesn't hurt anybody. I mean, you know, typically no one has a bad day at the races and goes home and beats their wife. You know, that right. that, that doesn't happen. But, right. um, you know, but when you're drinking and you're doing drugs, you treat your family horribly. You're doing things you shouldn't do. And, and I'm going to be honest with you, there are days I'm not exactly the nicest guy either, and oh, I am clean and sober. So, so, you know, there are days that we overreact and days we, we say things that – that hurt other people, but can you imagine how much worse they would be if we were using? People don't realize that, that I might be a jerk now, but imagine if I wasn't clean and sober, at least I can, I can make amends to that now and say, Hey, I'm sorry for overreacting. I'm sorry for flying off the handle. But when you're drinking or using or, or doing whatever, man, things go sideways in a fast hurry. Fast, real fast. And you don't realize that it's so habitual and so repetitive. And that's why like also, you know, when I was thinking about myself for racing, it's like when I go karting and when I, you know, run my dirt bike and stuff, that stuff wears you out. It's, it's, it's something different than going to the gym. And for me, I'm bipolar. So for me, it was more so addressing my mental illness is when the addiction part of it and the drugs part, which just fell by the wayside. But a component to me managing my mental health is exercise and wearing yourself out. And not only does the racing, you know, consume me and the hobbies consume me on other levels but the physical component of it as well is also a big help for me because it makes it, it tires me out you know what i'm saying yep. i'm the kind of guy where i got to get up every day and wear myself out or my mania will get the best of me 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and I'm I'm the same way. I have a hard time sleeping at night, and I don't know if this is the what the way we're wired or what the deal is, but I cannot sleep at night. So yeah, so getting yourself wore out, working harder, working longer hours, if that's yep. what's going to help help you sleep better, um, it, it's good for you, man, because it's tough to um, have an easy day and then you lay in bed and you stare at the ceiling. It's tough, you know. And then we think about all the bad things we've done. We think oh. about things we need to do. Oh. It's just so unhealthy, you know. It's I mean, the worst, isn't it? When you lay in bed, and it's nothing but negative. Oh yeah, it's crazy, you know. And we think about the things we've done, and this and that, and and then, you know, you just gotta kind of focus on the positive things. I mean, you can't close the door on the bad things we've done because that's what keeps us going forward. Is keep keeping us making the right decision. Is but you can't dwell on it either. You, you can't have it thrown in your face all the time. When you do it to yourself, it's really tough. And you know, addiction does that. You know, addiction you know, really wants to drive you into a place you do not want to be. And it will do every trick in the book to make it happen. Yeah, for me, last night, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I, I, my trick is I learned when I was in jail and stuff, I, I read at night. And I always have a stack of books at my bedside because reading for me, you know, some nights a chapter and I pass out, some nights there's four chapters and I pass out. But that's the only thing that really calms my mind. But I finished reading a couple of chapters. I couldn't go to bed. And I was sitting there worrying about my property taxes that are not due till April. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. Nothing to do with today. Like, I'm worrying about April. And, like, for 20 minutes, I'm sitting there, like, stressing myself out, not getting the sleep, which I need because I'm worrying about taxes in April. You know, it makes this complete no sense, but that's, like, the addict mind, you know? You want to obsess right. over something. And, like, no matter what it is, and no matter how, like, even me, like, you're clean. You're, you have decades, you know, clean and sober. But even then, you still have this obsession, this compulsive behavior where you need to reach for something. You know what I mean? Well, you and know, I, I, always tell, I always tell everybody, whether it's been 26 minutes, 26 days, or 26 years of being clean and sober, we're all in the same struggle. It doesn't matter how long you've been clean. As long as we're clean today, that's what matters. And I got a feeling Donald Trump doesn't sit around and think about his tax due in April either, you know. Hell no. He don't care about <laughs> nothing. That dude's on the gas all the time. <laughs> He's wide open, man. Yeah, wide open. <laughs> wide open. I don't think he sleeps. He tweets at 3.15 in the morning. Is he just getting up or is he just going to bed? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and, and we, we, we really can't let those things in our life, um, you know, dic- dictate how our day is going to go. We just can't. You know, we have to stay positive and stay thinking. And, you know, racing is that. And everyone who follows me, my fans, my friends, my family, you know, I mean, we got about 40,000 people that follow us on social media. You know, sometimes those strangers, the comments they make help me get through the day. And they're not strangers to me. They're just friends I haven't met yet. Yep, exactly, exactly. And such, listen, especially social media. For me, I kind of have been off of it for a while. I mean, I got a big brother. I was in jail and stuff. I don't want to come out of jail. I knew what my goals were, and I didn't want to, you know, say, hey, look at me now, you know, fresh out of prison. So I did my time. I got my act together, and then I've been working in the business for the last five years. So it's like I got eight years into this thing where, you know, it's not like, hey, I was putting through the pics of me at meetings or whatever, trying to be something that I'm not. So I kind of held back on that. It was kind of what your Steve was racing, you know, and, and the racing recovery stuff. It's like you're coming out there with, with a message, you know, and it's so important to have that direction in my life. You know, it's not like like I was shooting a video today, and it's like talking about how people's lives are scrambled. Like the big city seems so chaotic, you know, 
but they have a city planner and they're laid out in grids and they're super organized. Even though it can seem like chaos is everywhere, it's such streamlined everything that's created into it. And that's how your life kind of needs to be. You need to know yeah. that it's not doves and roses. It's not promised to be easy. And as crazy as it can be, you can make sure that you have a path and a track that you stick to. And, you know, you got to work. you got to provide your bills. you got to put a roof over your head. And a lot of these guys coming up nowadays, it's like once that responsibility, once you accept that responsibility that you need to grow up and do those things, I think the real generation gap when, like, for me, I was like, you know, 30 years old when I finally was like, okay, enough of the kid stuff, you know, and then I turned my corner that way. But, again, everyone's passed differently, but organizing that chaos is, I think, a real big part of actually getting length and recovery, you know. Anybody can get clean time, you know what I'm saying, go sit in a rehab for 30 days. It's what happens right. afterwards, like you said, you know, the real work starts when you get done, re- get done rehab is when the real stuff right. starts. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's tough, you know, and uh, I give anybody credit who goes to rehab, who, who makes that choice to go, because they're, they're reaching out, whether they get out and they, they struggle with it or they relapse here and there, you know, I don't want those people to give up because they went for a reason, they made that first step, you know, and, uh, you know, we have a, a recovery meth addict who is living with us still, and it's been like 140, 150 days for her clean and sober, and uh, that's all she needed to do is make that step, and everybody's like, oh, you guys are doing such a great job. I'm like, I ain't really doing nothing. I'm just giving nothing. her a place to go. She she is the one who made the choice to come and stay with us because she wanted to make her life different. And that that's the biggest step right there. Yeah, you can't, what do they say? You can't leave, you can leave in the water, but you can't make them drink, you know? Right, right. And, then, you know? and that's true. And it's like you're setting her up for success. Like, in my book, like, so many parents, like, think rehab's a miracle cure. I'm going to spend $30,000 for 30 days in treatment, and they're going to come home and be fine. Like, the shit doesn't start until they get home, Mom. You know what I mean? Like, that's right, when right. recovery, in my opinion, starts. The, the rest of it is just learning, and it's, like, actually going to practice your trade. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yep, yep. Like going to, the like, tools. Are you like, I, you're in school. You ain't, yep. you ain't working yet until you're done. School. Yeah. That's for sure. And, you know, what I tell people, because, you know, I try to, uh, I bring a lot of people who have addiction issues to my shop. They work on my race team here and there. And I just tell them, you guys, this giant toolbox here is what 26 years of being clean and sober looks like. This little handheld one that that you have is the one that you're starting out with today. I says, the the more tools you can put in your toolbox, the more successful you're going to be, whether it's counting to 10 when you when you get mad at something or or you know reading a book or whatever there's all tools that we all need and we all need different yep. tools cuz none of us are doing the same job so whatever tools you need to stay clean and sober is what you need to put in that toolbox and racing and the people in racing is what helps me stay clean and sober and to help other people every single day Right, and like, and like I'm saying, it's like it's funny. You got to learn the cliches. You got to know the sayings. You got to go through it once. You know, if it's, there's yeah. no shortcuts to it. I don't think. Like, I went, like I'll t- say it a million times, when I went to AA, like picking my sponsor. I found the guy with the nicest car in the parking lot, who had the most money, had 25 years clean time. You know, and had his. That's what I wanted. You know, I, you kind of yeah. jump in the back pocket of people who have what you want, and you know, you learn like that's the blueprint in life. Like it's already there, and it's thing in recovery. You need to be open and willing to understanding and doing it. You know, if you're not like, okay, I'm going to sponge this stuff in and I'm going to learn all I can and then hell or high water, I'm going to put it into practice until it becomes easy. And then it becomes 
second nature and it becomes routine. Right. Like for right. you and I, you know, Sam, you ain't got to repeat certain stuff all the time because you do it automatically. You know, like I get mad, I automatically try and count to 10. It doesn't become, oh, I need to count to 10. It's, you just start doing it because right. you, it's repetition. Like if they say, as far, again, another one, as far as you go in the woods, as far as you got to come out. And it's the truth. People expect, like, I'm going to be better today or I'm going to be happy tomorrow. Like, no, dude, you need to put some work in and then it will be better. But until then, you know, as long as you understand it's going to be a hard road. Like, if people promise you it's going to be easy and all of a sudden there's a miracle after 30 days, like, yeah, the miracle can happen, you know, working the steps. But the real miracle comes in the after you get that working and you really get down pat, I think. When you get your shit going good, it's, it's, it's such a rewarding feeling, man. Don't you think? It, it, you know, it really is. It, it is a rewarding feeling. And, and um, you know, I only have a handful of friends that knew me when I was using, um, I, and I believe you can count them all on one hand. But, you know, we, we tend to change our lifestyle because of recovery. So we get rid of anything. We try to get rid of anything that's negative. So, you know, some of those friends still using and doing that kind of stuff – you know, you still want to try to be their friend, but you got to stay clear because you don't want them to drag you down with it. And I think that's the biggest thing is it recovery is a life-changing decision, you know, in so yep. many aspects. Not only you're getting your brain and body, you know, used to being clean and sober, and, and it's so weird to think with a clear head, you know, that. Right. You People know, are scared of that. They're scared to think with a clear head. Yeah, it, and, hey, there are times it bothers me. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, it's crazy. If people think I go through the day and not thinking about using or, or having a bad day at work or at home and not, you know, I'm, I think about it. I think about it all the time. I think about how easy it would be for me just to do it under the table and have nobody know about it. But want to know something? I would know about it. And I worked way too hard yeah, to get to where I'm at. And I have too many people following me who look up to me in recovery world to to do that to them. I don't want I don't want to show them any of that. I want them to be positive and know that because, because of them following me every day and commenting and liking my stuff, that that gives me, you know, 40,000 more reasons to stay clean and sober today. Exactly. And it's, it's the risk reward thing. Like the reward staying sober is greater than the reward being Because if you're broke, you burn all your bridges, you're working minimum wage, you're paying rent a halfway house, and, you know, it sucks. Like getting high seems like but eventually build it up and sober in my life. Definitely in your life is much greater on this side of the street than the other alternative, you know? Yeah, Adam, I'm having a hard time hearing you, buddy. Hello? Hello? 